it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not get impeached yesterday. No, ma'am. Your Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, he did. He should be behind bars. A lot of Republicans feel that way. Even a smattering of Democrats not happy with the Biden border policy. You have no idea how to defend a nation. But it is Valentine's Day, and there is an upside to all of this. If you're trying to score tonight, 8 million extra people in America right now, and they all have free hotel rooms. What point is this? If you want to solve the migrant crisis or you're just looking for love, it is Valentine's Day. 888-788-9910. The show has one rule. As you know, you can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. You can be a Libertarian. You can be an Independent. Uh, Like I've said this before, you could be dating a guy in Hamas. (laughs) The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a Happy Wednesday, everybody, and happy Valentine's Day if you're into that sort of thing. Jenny and I are married 20 years, so uh, at this point, you know, we got each other Tinder accounts for Valentine's Day. I don't even, like, you get your wife flowers? I'm like, flowers? Are you kidding me? She wants out. That'd be a gift. I kid. Uh, but you are very much in as we get this show on the road today. Normally, I would start with some type of shameless self-promotion. Uh, you know, about a book or a stand-up show or some TV appearance, something that might drive you nuts. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. But we're going to cut right to the chase. I want to talk about this Mayorkas thing really quick because there's a, there's a good and a bad to this today as we get the show on the road, and it's a busy show. Kennedy's going to be here. Uh, James Comer will be here. He is, of course, leading the investigation into Hunter Biden. Hunter's a dirtbag. And yesterday, Hunter's business partner, Tony Bobolinsky testifying under oath against the threat of perjury that the sitting president of the United States was the brand. Are you the big man, Joe? Bob Alinsky says, yes, he was. So we'll get to that. But as we get the show underway today, I just want to be upfront with you about things, okay? Mayorkas getting impeached is not the end of Mayorkas, okay? The Senate is not going to throw Mayorkas out of the position. That is correct. But the reason I still applaud the move, and you know, you could say, well, they're weaponizing impeachment. It's just a political tool now. And it's funny that you might wage that argument because back when they were impeaching Trump the first time, back when they were impeaching Trump the second time after he had already left office, what did every Republican howl on TV? They said, hey, they're really cheapening the process of impeachment. This is something that never happens. Okay, the last time somebody was impeached, it's because they lied to the American people about the fact that they used an intern as a humidor. I believe that together we can make America great again. Good old Bill Clinton. But the point is, when they impeached Trump and they knew it was going to fail, and they impeached him a second time and they knew it was going to fail, they themselves had cheapened the process 
and opened us up to a world where this could happen again, where an impeachment would take place and it would essentially be a political tool, which it is for the Republicans because Mayorkas isn't going to go. They don't have the votes to get him out of there. He's not going anywhere. But in this instance, I still applaud the Republican Party because they need, uh, you know, at every dis- every turn, they need to keep the focus on the situation at the border, not for a political matter, but because it's become a grave matter of national security. OK, we're sitting here in an America that's plagued by a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. We're sitting here in America where the migrant cities, OK, that were supposed to be sanctuary cities are telling you they don't have the resources. We're overwhelmed. We have a hospital in Denver in threat of going under because they've provided $17 million this month in uncovered treatment for migrants alone. So you understand we're getting overwhelmed as a country. Okay, schools are getting overwhelmed in terms of class size. And then you have the small matter of crime, which is skyrocketing here in New York, and a lot of it's attributed to these moped gangs, which we're now being told could be coordinating with one of the most violent street gangs in Venezuela. This could be a problem. The point is it's not good. What's going on at the border? And I'm not saying that to you as a Republican. I'm not saying that to you as like, Jimmy, some Fox News provocateur, because that's not my brand. If you listen to me, I sound like I get paid in Tide Pods and tequila. Okay, it's not a super serious show, but the border is a super. It's a super serious issue, man. It really is. Like for all the things we talk about on this show, the border is the one thing I come back to again and again and again as a parent because it's killing kids. You know, you hear this connotation of fentanyl overdose deaths, but they're poisonings. An overdose implies that somebody had a runaway drug problem, got out of control one night and took too much. What's actually happening in the age of fentanyl is kids are taking recreational drugs. Maybe they're trying to take an Adderall to write a term paper. Okay, but they're taking recreational drugs. Maybe they're trying a bump of cocaine and they're dying immediately. Okay, that was never supposed to be the case in this country or any country for that matter. And as a parent, I can't stress the issue enough. It is not safe for your kids right now. And you have an obligation to talk to them about it. When you hear Lincoln come on the show, at least once in an interview, we'll bring up fentanyl. And he'll be like, I know fentanyl because I'm just trying to stay on top of it because I could never live with myself if he took some. And I hadn't been the one who kind of pointed him in the right direction on this issue. But the point is the people who run governments, the people who want power, don't have to care the way I do. They don't have to care the way you do because most of what they're doing with their border policy doesn't actually affect them. So if the Republicans are smart, they do impeach Mayorkas as they have. It took two votes to get there, but that's fine by me because if this remains a national story, it'll ultimately force politicians to go out and do something about it. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Remember this. The politics are always more important than the people, meaning the border has broken a record for migrant encounters three straight years, three straight years. But were we talking about the border two years ago? The answer would be no. The answer would be no. Were we talking about it three years ago? The answer would be no. The answer would be no. I mean, I was on this show. Fox News was on the air. But the Democrats were telling us what? Oh, it's a manufactured Republican talking point. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. Because it was real. We were breaking numbers. We broke numbers in 2021, broke them in 22, broke them in 23, and we're going to break them again in 24. So the reality is the border is a crisis, crisis for every single American because it's the front door of our house and the drugs that come across the border wind up in every community in the country. So it's not a Republican issue. It's an everybody issue. It's a you and me issue. Okay, and that's the one thing that drives me crazy about our politics. 
is that it is so hyperpartisan now. It's a team sport. Democrats just want to beat Republicans. Republicans just want to be Democrats. But in that mindset, we all lose, okay, because we are supposed to be teammates. We all get dressed in the same locker room. You could be a Democrat. I could be a Republican. But when the game's on the line, we play for the same team. And the border is the ultimate same team issue right now. So I want it in the news cycle. You can yell the Republicans cheapened impeachment, and I don't doubt Democrats will. You can laugh because Mayorkas isn't ultimately going to get removed, and he's not. He's not going to get removed. He's not going to step down. The guy's no dignity. Okay, they've let again and again and again. They've let over 8 million people into the country. Okay, when you got 8 million people in the country that aren't supposed to be here, Okay, that speaks to a level of indifference at the tippy top of this thing that's not going to be cured, okay, by anything other than an election. Nothing else. There's nothing else politicians respond to. It's not the people, it's the politics. Why did the border become relevant? Because people died in record numbers three years ago, they died two years ago, they died in record numbers a year ago. It became relevant this year because we have an election. They care. If the border's dangerous to them, then absolutely they care. If the border's dangerous to you, shut up. You're out there taking drugs, worried about somebody ODing, who cares? That's not our issue. But if the border is a threat to them, you're going to hear about it. So here's the announcement from Mike Johnson last night, the House Speaker on the House floor, clip one. On this vote, the yeas are 214 and the nays are 213. The resolution is adopted. Okay. So that's the resolution being adopted. It's a historic day. He essentially becomes the first cabinet secretary to be impeached, I believe, since 1876. Uh, So it's been a while. (laughs) 1876. That was Biden's freshman year of college. But as we sit here, there are still people on the left that are actively more concerned about the politics than the people. Here's Sheila Jackson Lee who took time out of her busy schedule of screaming at her staffer and her drivers uh, to say Mayorkas is qualified and effective at the border. You are so full of No, she said it. This is it, clip three. Tonight, we did a foolish thing, and that is to pass an impeachment of a very qualified and effective Secretary of Homeland Security. Do your job, Mr. Secretary. Do not be impacted, Secretary Mayorkas, by this false attempt to diminish you help us as we work toward making the border safe what would you do with the brain if you had one that's a great question to ask her but i do agree with what she said do your job mr secretary because here's a news flash he's not doing his job he knows what he's talking about guys when they try to say this is a political impeachment no it's just the politics they're just getting you worked up at the democrats Okay, that would have some some purchase in the in this conversation if we didn't just break a record for migrant encounters three consecutive years. Like if this isn't happening, like say Trump's last year in office, 2020, we had 400,000 migrant encounters. Okay, the next year we had nearly two million. It's five times as many. Okay, the year after that, they had 2.3 million. It's nearly six times as many. The year after that, they had 2.4 million. It's six times as many. Okay, those are the actual increases. Do you think if Mayorkas is the Secretary of Homeland Security 
and Trump has 400,000 in 2020. Do you think if they have 400,000 again in 2021 that anyone is impeaching Mayorkas? 400,000 again in 2022? 400,000 again in 2023? The point I'm trying to make is he's only being impeached because of the numbers. Okay, no other reason. It's not politics. They actually had a policy in place that had cut illegal border crossings by 80%. We're only having this conversation because Joe Biden got sworn in as president in January of 2021. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Okay, and the first thing he did was reverse all of Trump's border policies. So Mayorkas, a political shill if everyone existed, has famously and repeatedly testified in front of Congress that the border is secure. For that alone, okay, 8 million people are in the country. It's not secure. Okay, do you understand? You know, when you go to the mall and it's closed, they don't go, it's closed, but 8 million people can come in. No, no, they go, it's closed. You can't come in. Okay, but here is Mayorkas under oath in April saying the border is secure. This is clip two. It is my testimony that the border is secure and we are working every day, day and night, to increase its security. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Just garb. To be able to testify, don't, have, don't ever forget. Okay, Mayorkas is the guy who ran with the story that Border Patrol agents were whipping Haitian migrants. Not even close! And we know it's not close because the photographer who shot the video said to the White House, don't run with this Twitter narrative. I'm the photographer. They were split rain horses. Nobody was getting whipped. Nobody was getting hit. It's one still photo from a longer video manipulated on Twitter for everybody to go, oh, my God. And Mayorkas and Biden launched the special investigation and said, we're going to look into these Border Patrol agents. And now we don't have horses at the border that help with crowd control because they gaslit us on fake racism. Why? Because they would rather talk about pretend racism than the real problem they created at the border. For that alone, if Biden was smart, he'd just fire Mayorkas. Create a distance between himself and the ineptitude, just like they should have fired uh, generals after the Afghan troop withdrawal. It allows a president, you understand, to have some accountability but save face in the process. Hey, this is unacceptable. This is not what America does. Can't tolerate it. The generals who advised me are gone. Hey, the border's bad. Unacceptable. Okay, the fella in charge is gone. But because they are the most brazenly political people who've ever lived, they're trying to sell their failures as successes. What did Biden tell you at the end of the Afghan troop withdrawal? Okay, where we took the guys with the guns out ahead of the guys with the smartphones. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Military went home. Civilians stayed. What ultimately happened? We had to send military back and we had to airlift people out of the country. And when we were done watching people on TV cling to the wheels of cargo jets and throw their babies over barbed wire fences, Joe Biden got on TV with a straight face and called it the most successful airlift in history. That was embarrassing. It was also the end of his presidency in terms of credibility because going into August of 2021, he was above water in the polls. August ended and so did the Biden campaign. For all intents and purposes, he's been underwater every month since because they're trying to tell you 
okay, that every problem they've caused is some type of an overhyped Republican talking point. The only problem is you're getting the bill. You're living in a less safer world, okay? You're living in cities across the country that are overwhelmed from a resource standpoint because we've let in 8 million more people than we're actually capable of handling. And we did so at the expense of the people who tried to migrate here legally. Don't ever forget, nobody's saying we don't want migrants. Nobody's saying don't come. The only thing we're ever saying is come here legally. Okay, the only guy getting out there allowing people to come here illegally are guys like Mayorkas, which is exactly why he was impeached. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That's my name. Don't wear it out. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Quickly covering the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas, which, again, will not ultimately end with his removal in the Senate, but will bring this story uh, more national headlines, which we need because it's a collective struggle for everybody, whether you're Republican or Democrat or anything in between. Here is Mayorkas speaking to me at the press over the weekend with a straight face saying the administration doesn't bear any responsibility for what's happening. Clip four. A bipartisan group of senators have now presented us with the tools and resources we need, bipartisan group, and yet um, Congress killed it before even reading it. No doubt there is gridlock on Congress, but do you bear responsibility for what is happening at the border, what the president himself has called a crisis? It certainly is a crisis, and well, we don't bear responsibility for a broken system, and we're doing a tremendous amount within that broken system, but fundamentally... Fundamentally, Congress is the only one who can fix it. This guy's a serious ass. First of all, as even Bill Maher admitted, they don't need legislation to fix the border. The president could do it through executive order. Bingo. And all he has to do is re-implement the very policies he reversed. That's done with a pen and a phone. Doesn't even require legislation. But when Mayorkas tries to conflate border crossings with the immigration system, the immigration system is for people who come here legally. Correct mundo. Legally. What's going on at the southern border is illegal. Okay, and the reason they're coming here illegally is not because the legal immigration system is broken. They're coming here illegally because they're getting in. You are correct, sir. Okay, if you're getting let in, they catch you at the border and they go, all right, this is bad. You're not supposed to do that. Anyway, what city would you like us to relocate you to? That's not going to discourage border crossings. So when Mayorkas is out there saying we bear no responsibility, what he's really saying is this is a circus. I'm a clown. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my (laughs) name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. 
There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. One last word on the Mayorkas thing from lawmakers. Byron Donalds, regular on this show, uh, as good of an audience as I've ever had at a comedy club. Byron and Erica Donalds, we hung out down in Naples, Florida. Uh, They were a Def Jam audience, loved them to death. Here it is, clip seven. No, he's working hard for the drug cartels, and he's working hard for the radical left, because that is what his actions have produced. The White House and the Department of Homeland Security can put out whatever statement they want, but the facts are Alejandro Mayorkas has been derelict in his duty. He has not followed the essence of federal law. He has not made sure to secure this nation. He has followed Joe Biden and his terrible, reckless policy, and he deserves to be held accountable today, and we delivered that. Get him out of here. Get him out. Very well said. Okay, again, this impeachment can't happen if the border's secure, if the numbers are relatively close to what they were. Things changed. And when they start to throw in politics, or it's like when they criticized Kamala Harris, they're like, well, you know, Republicans are just mad at a strong black woman. We got nothing against strong black women. If you don't believe me, check my search history. What the hell did you just say? But all I'm trying to tell you here is Kamala Harris was supposed to be the borders are just the same. The situation collapsed. We have a humanitarian crisis. There is no race or ethnicity, nor is there a political affiliation we would tolerate this from as a country. They just didn't do their jobs. The bigger problem here for the Democrats, and this is what you need to understand, is what we see as a failure at the border, they actually do see as a success. Okay, the reporting out today shows that American employment is still at a 2019 level. We have not recovered the American jobs we lost during the pandemic. 90% of Biden's new job creation, there are technically 2.9 million jobs he created. I know he likes to tell you all the time, I created 13 million jobs. That is a fact check false. 10 million of the created jobs were gigs that shut down due to COVID. Gigs that people got back when the world reopened. Ergo, you didn't get a new job. You got your old job back. So they're absolutely misleading you with fuzzy math when they say they've created 13 million jobs. In fact, there are 2.9 million jobs under Biden that didn't exist Okay, before he became president, and 90% of them have gone to migrants on work visas. So Americans are getting the shaft here. Okay, but there's no version of this that the Biden administration isn't fully responsible for, but also okay with. That's the thing you need to understand. What we're calling a humanitarian crisis, what we're calling a disaster, they believe is a success. They're only having a problem now because the numbers have gotten so far out of control that their own Democratic-run cities are starting to talk about it and call out the federal government. Come on, man. And now the government has to respond, oh, we better do something about the border. We're going to try to pass some type of legislation that will cap migration at our closed border at 5,000 people a day. That's their definition of closing the border. Well, we're closing the border. So from now on, we can only let in 5,000 people a day. You cannot be serious. No, they are serious. And you understand that's still almost a million eight a year. Okay, it's a little over a million eight a year. I went to community college. It took me a minute. But they want this to happen. So the reason the Democrats are standing up for my orcus is, yeah, the numbers say he's terrible. The numbers say he's been derelict in his duty to protect us. 
But on the Democratic side of the aisle where they want mass migration, they're hoping to change demographics in congressional districts and leverage that at the ballot box. You know, migrant labor has been the primary source of their job creation. They want an open border. So at the end of the day, Mayorkas is really just following orders. And I don't think that's lost on our callers. Michael is in Marion, Illinois. Michael! (laughs) Jimmy. Wow, you just took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is that true? I'm very glad they... Yeah, yeah. uh, I'm glad they impeached Mayorkas, too. But he's just being... He's just doing what he's being told by the administration. All the chaos, all the drugs, Uh all the human trafficking belong to Joe Biden. And Biden could fix the border with the stroke of his shaky pen, (laughs) but he won't. No, that's the well, because, you know, the the problem with Biden, though, and you got to understand is he's picking up a ruler thinking it's a pen. You know, he's he's the guy who's (laughs) talking into a banana thinking it's the phone, (laughs) that whole thing. So maybe a hot dog. (laughs) Yeah, I'll absolve him on that. But you're spot on with Mayorkas. You see, if Mayorkas, okay, wasn't just following orders, they'd be upset about the numbers. They'd be like, what the hell is this? Eight million people. This is an outrage. But they're not saying that, which means they're fine with the numbers. They just didn't want it to become a political liability. And now it has. So I think you're right. Um, and, and Jimmy, yeah. how long has it been mm-hmm. uh, that the people in charge are never affected by the policies or the laws they enact? Yep. That's what's going on here. Until it starts really hurting for the people behind the walls in their mansions and all these different places, they, they don't care. They, yep. Yeah, let the border do what it's going to do. It'll be fine. Yep. Uh, the it's a scam. Uh, peasants have to deal with it. That's all it is. <laughs> and the only thing I want to make clear is we had a similar thought. I did not take the words right out of your mouth because my words were not slurred. Hey, hey, mm. hey, hey. Hey, uh, I love seeing you on the Insta uh, <laughs> yesterday hanging out in Walmart. I sure am glad they didn't uh, chase you out of there. Yo, you, know, you want to laugh? <laughs> you want to laugh? So I've been doing this on the road. When I go on the road, specifically in Walmart, because Walmart are my people, like some of the you know liberal bookstores here in New York City might arrest me for writing on my own book. But if anyone's listening and you don't have a copy of my book, I've probably signed 200 of them at Walmarts around the country where if I'm in town, I go to their book section and I just sign my book. And if somebody comes up to me like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, I'm the guy on the cover of the book. If they're buying the book, chances are they wouldn't mind the autograph, you know. But last night we almost had an issue. We were on Long Island. They only had two copies left. And uh, somebody, while I was filming that video, was standing to my right. I thought they were going to make like a citizen's arrest. And then it was just a person who was just looking at me like this is a crazy person talking to his phone. So it worked out. But if but if anybody wants a copy of Cancel Culture Dictionary signed, you can also just go to Walmart and see if they have one on the shelf because I probably signed one. No BS. Probably in 15 different Walmarts across the country since since the book came out. So there you go. Mr. Marketing. All right. Just giving it back to the people, Michael. That's enough out of you, girlfriend. I'll see you soon. Be well, the great Michael. And yes, if you didn't see me on Instagram, okay, uh, last night I was caught on video and I was inside a Walmart on Long Island that still had two copies of my book left. They had two copies left. What the hell is the world coming to? I agree. They should be sold out by now. Okay, if you're a Walmart shopper, 
Okay, this is the funniest thing about the book. Okay, so we're overselling in places like New York and California. Okay, people would expect Walmart. I mean, these are my people. You've seen what I look like. I get paid in natty lights. Okay, but what I've been doing in Walmart specifically is I've been going to them on the road. And if you see your book in the book section, I just pick it up and sign it. I don't do that at the airport because, like, TSA might tase me or something like that. But uh, if you're shopping for my book and you are a Walmart shopper, look around. You might find a signed copy. You might get a kick out of it because if it's me, I sign it with my actual taxi medallion so you know it's mine. So if I ever run into you and you're like, hey, is this a copycat? I'll be able to tell you if it is Uh, because there's a secret insignia that even on the signed books I signed um, for Premier Collectibles, those are coming in the mail this week if you ordered them. Uh, If you want a copy, it was Jimmy Signed Book. Dot com, JimmySignBook.com. A lot of those are signed, but then there's probably whew, probably a few hundred of them that I put my medallion on too. Or sometimes you get like a USA or a middle finger or gosh knows what because you guys are nice enough to buy the book. So I'm nice enough to take the time to write back something personal. But the point is what's happening at the border is personal for all of us because we're getting the bill for it. And I am thrilled that they impeach my orcas. But to build off Michael's point, They only impeached Mayorkas for enacting the policies that Joe Biden prefers. I agree with that. Okay, they want mass migration. It's an economic driver for them. They they absolutely don't care about people in inner cities. Like when you see what's going on in Chicago right now, like it's really shameful. You know, when you hear stories like, well, school closed for the day. Because they were out of room for the migrants. There was going to be bad weather at the facility. So they kicked out the school kids so the migrants could stay in the gym. Like, in what world is that acceptable as a country that people who are here legally should take a step aside for people who broke the law to come in? That's what we're doing right now. Okay, when you think about, you know, this story as a whole, whether you're talking about a big city like New York or L.A. or Frisco or Chicago – Okay, or even a local city where they're bearing the brunt of the drug crisis that's coming across our southern border. You realize that at the end of the day, the only way you can preside over a policy like this is if you are willing to accept a massive loss of life. Okay, you have to be okay with this in order to enact this. You have to say to yourself, all right, well, boss, if we open the border, You know, based on the trajectory of drugs coming across, this many people are going to die this year, but the voting demographics are going to change here and here. We'll get a labor boost here and here. And you look at it on the spreadsheet and they look at the lives of you and me and our relatives and our friends. And they just look at the lives like just like you're doing word problems in middle school. You know, Timmy has eight million migrants (laughs) and two million fentanyl smugglers. Okay, if every fentanyl smuggler kills three people, how many deaths will the migrants cause? And you look, that's just all they're doing. And if the net number is higher for the labor force than it is for the death force, they can justify it. I mean, that's what running a government is. Okay, you have to divorce yourself from the value of human life to enact a policy like this. So that's what's going on. So you got to realize when the election comes, the whole Democratic strategy is to run into inner cities, juice turnout by saying everybody else is racist. You got to vote for us. We're the only ones who care about you. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? But you really have to ask yourself what constitutes caring if they're willing to do this to our cities. 
if schools are being closed to make room for migrants, if veterans are going homeless to make room for migrants. So if you snuck, if you fought for the country, you're in the streets. If you snuck into the country illegally, you're in the suites. That's the world we're living in right now in Biden's America. That's not right. And a lot of people are starting to notice that. And the Mayorkas impeachment, if nothing else, keeps the foot on the gas. And it is absolutely a political move. But it's a political move that benefits you even if you're a liberal, because we need to focus on the story. This is a real crisis. It's not like a, oh, by the way, we're all going to pretend for three years that Trump colluded with Russia. It was made up by these sick people. Okay, we now know, thanks to some expert reporting by Matt Taibbi, we now know the CIA was spying on the Trump campaign six months before we initially thought they were. They had foreign countries do the spying so it wouldn't come back to them directly. And they were working on their Russian collusion narrative before Trump had ever even seen Rocky Four. That's just how white folks will do you. Okay, so understand the highest level of election interference, okay, in terms of trying to undermine a major party candidacy. They're capable of that. They're capable of everything you're seeing at the southern border. So when you look forward to the election... And you start to hear those platitudes. Well, you got to vote for us. The inner cities and racism and Trump tweets bad stuff. Okay, that is a superficial deliverable. Like when Biden said the 2020 election was a battle for the soul of our nation. How did that pay your bills? It didn't. How did it get the streets safer? It didn't. How did it boost test scores? It didn't. Because calling something a battle for the soul of our nation is marketing. But it's not an actual deliverable that can be quantified in any type of quality of life improvement. Now, the fact remains that Biden's the president and 76 percent of Americans think we're headed in the wrong direction, the wrong direction. Okay, which means we have real problems. It's not Trump pretend colluded with Russia. It's not, oh, my gosh, Trump said they were fine people on both sides in Charlottesville. He never condemned neo-Nazis and white nationalists. What kind of monster? And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Whoa, wait, what? So I guess we have some issues? No Uh issue. Nobody corrected the record. They just let that story run wild. They didn't condemn the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists in Charlottesville. I just played it for you. Okay, but that's what we're dealing with. It's all a manipulation. It's a manipulation designed to get you to vote for people who absolutely positively don't care about you. Okay, to let 8 million people into this country illegally, many of whom travel at the hands of drug cartels and human traffickers. Okay, sex trafficking children at our border is a $2 billion entity right now between that and the drugs. Can you possibly value human life? If you allow that to go on for five seconds. But that's where we find ourselves right now. So Mayorkas is impeached. Mayorkas won't be removed because they don't care. We're living in the death of shame. But I will still give the Republican Party a round of applause if for no other reason than if we don't focus on this story in terms of the border. Okay, it's not Republicans who lose. Okay, it's every single American. You're absolutely right. It's the number one show with humans and animals. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. It is Valentine's Day. And your odds of scoring are so much better. So much better. There's 8 million people in the country illegally right now. They all have free hotel rooms. If you can't close the deal right now, okay, you don't deserve to close the deal. That's true. That is true. But the deal we're talking about in the next hour, Kennedy's coming by, is the 2024 election. Uh, Biden insists he's going to remain on the ticket. We've been talking a lot of smack about the guy. But Biden's telling every one of his advisors he's going to beat Abraham Lincoln. So I, you know, you got to admire the confidence. And there are still people out there, believe it or not, defending him in the media. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't know that they can, but Kennedy's going to stop by and try. She's got a fantastic new article in the Daily Mail right now about Biden and the fact that Jill Biden, Jill Biden is probably the reason he's still on the ticket because she likes being first lady, going to all the balls and, you know, it's fun to live in the White House right now. There's cocaine in the lockers. You know, there's, things are going on. So I get it. And I think that's a little bit of the challenge in terms of taking away grandpa's car keys is number one. You have to take away grandpa's nuclear codes to boot. But number two, it's probably grandma who's holding on to all of this stuff. So we're in a really precarious position. Uh, we're going to get into it, though. 888 888- Seven eight eight nine nine one zero, and I should also mention, uh, you guys don't know this, but I have a book out right now. It's called the Cancel Culture Dictionary: An A to Z Guide to Winning the War on Fun. And if you wanted to get somebody a great Valentine's Day gift, FoxNewsBooks.com. If you want me to sign it, I mean for real. If your Valentine happens to be a chubby chaser, get an autographed one. I'll throw in a picture. JimmySignedBook.com. The point is, you have options. Because you live in America. Freedom! We will continue to celebrate that American privilege when we come back with Kennedy on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you're dang right it is. Here we go, here we go. Back in action to bring you just an absolute embarrassment of Radio Riches, right here on the high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Kennedy, Kennedy, she's going to be on the show. The woman who gave me my start in cable news stops by in this hour to, of course, maybe discuss the $95 billion in foreign aid we sent around the world. Thanks, big government weenuses. Of course, didn't save much for America, and she's going to weigh in, and she has an op-ed in the Daily Mail about a man by the name of Joe Biden. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. I take no joy in saying it, but I'm going to have to say it a lot this hour. Uh, Biden's finished. Biden has to go. And I think the Democrats know this. I think the only thing keeping him in the race at this point is that it does look like Trump's going to be the nominee. And the only guy somebody in Biden's diminished capacity could beat is someone like Trump who has massive negatives, meaning you could like Trump. I could think his policies are exponentially better for the country. But the vast, vast majority of Americans give Trump a negative rating. This guy will say anything. The only thing I'm saying is the truth. So I think Biden could beat Trump. I think Trump could beat Biden. I think if either one of them gets out of the race, the other party's going to win in a landslide. Meaning if the Republicans were running a 50-year-old with no baggage like a Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis kills Joe Biden. Okay, someone who can articulate competency, who doesn't have dementia, is going to beat Joe Biden. 
Okay, Donald Trump has policies, but again, there's such a thing as an anti-Trump vote. Okay, Nikki Haley's not going to win the nomination. She's not. Okay, I'm aware of that. Okay, but she would likely beat Joe Biden in a head-to-head race because she just doesn't have the high negatives that Trump does. That's the biggest challenge to this moment for Republicans. On the Democratic side, the biggest challenge is the fact that we have a president that is clearly not all there. He's not all there. Okay, it's bad. And the White House telling us yesterday that Biden is going to take his annual physical. But he's not getting a cognitive exam. Okay, he is not getting a cognitive exam. And they're telling us there's no reason to give him a cognitive exam. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. (laughs) Oh, they're selling crazy. All right. They're trying to sell you on four more years worth of crazy. And that's the biggest issue. So yesterday, okay, they trotted Biden out to the podium. They put the shock collar around his neck. So if he started taking questions, they get, you know what I mean? Come on, man. Zap him. Okay, so he stuck to the script yesterday and announced he wouldn't be taking questions. Clip 12. Before we begin, I'm going to make this statement that it stand on its own. I'm not going to take any questions, but I'll be taking questions tomorrow and the next day. But I don't want anything to get in the way of the statement. To be very blunt about it. Mm-hmm. Not that you wouldn't just focus on the statement. So that's Biden saying no questions. Just want to focus on the statement. But I'll take questions tomorrow or the next day. Now, have they announced plans for him to take questions today or tomorrow? The answer would be no. The answer would be no. They just told him, don't take another live question ever again. He wasn't supposed to do that. They've played a prevent defense with him in the sense that every day of his presidency that you have seen him in public, which is probably 10 times. I mean, for real, the groundhog thinks Biden needs to get out more. But every day of his presidency, if you saw him talking to reporters, he was talking to a predetermined list of questioners, meaning, oh, they gave me a list. They told me who to call on. So he knows who the person is. He knows what outlet they're from. And he knows the answer to the question they're going to ask ahead of time. That's not a press conference. That's theater. I think he's got a point. And they've been playing a prevent defense with this guy because they don't trust him to speak for himself. That's why they had to skip the Super Bowl interview two years in a row. So behind closed doors, they're trying to tell us, no, no, Biden's sharp as a tack. You don't understand. No, no, we see him all the time. He works hard. He's assertive. He's Come on, don't bullshit me. Okay, and we know that to be the truth, because if Biden was sharp as a tack, we would have seen it by now. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. All of these supposed moments of brilliance, of fire, of passion, of this guy gets it, asks all the right questions. Everybody's exhausted, but he's still working. Okay, Joe Biden's, you know, seniency is the equivalent of the really hot girlfriend who doesn't live around here. We got a really sharp president. Oh, really? Can we see? No, no, he's on a modeling shoot right now. Oh, man, the president, the other day we were in a meeting. He just ran the show for an hour and a half. People were blown away by the passion and the vigor. Any footage of that? No, uh, no, the camera guy was away. We don't, we can't show it. That's the point. None of you, none of you, phone lines are open. None of you have seen a sharp version of Joe Biden because I don't know that there ever was a sharp version of Joe Biden. I mean, this is Biden 14 years ago. A three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs. Three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S. 
B-S. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Because those are four letters. That was 14 years ago. The guy's never been sharp to begin with. But you understand, here is Corrine Jean-Pierre yesterday saying Biden doesn't need to take a cognitive test. He is sharp. And he is. He's as sharp as the sugar spoon you're using for your coffee right now. Clip 14. And I talked about this last week, too, on, on I believe, whenever, on Friday. Uh, I have known this president since 2009. Uh, I, he is not just uh, my, my boss. But, you know, he's also some, a mentor to me. And I spent sometimes countless hours with him, whether it's in the Oval Office, uh, whether it's on the road. And I believe, for me, you're asking me my personal opinion, uh, he is sharp. Uh, he is on top of things. He, when we have uh, meetings with him, with his staff, he's constantly pushing us, getting, trying to get more information. And so that has been my experience with this president. Uh, anything else outside of that, uh, I just shared with you what Dr. O'Connor said to me. You were lying your ass off. <laughs> when I'm with him, he's sharp. He's on top of things. She's actually right. He's on top of things. He's on top of the couch. <laughs> of his presidency has been spent in a Delaware beach compound. So he's on top of things. He's on top of a lounge chair. Now he's he's on top of things. No question at all. It's on top of the comforter right now, but it's almost 1 p.m. in the afternoon. So they're about to tuck him in. He won't be on top of it for much longer. Bonanza's coming on. Okay. Guy's in his late hundreds. And he's a mess. And the Her Report, if you understand... Again and again and again. The reason we keep coming back to this. Why would a special counsel prosecutor, why would a special counsel have to take an opinion on someone's cognitive abilities? He has no business taking an opinion on someone's cognitive abilities. <laughs> no, ma'am. The reason he was forced to take a position is because the special counsel has to summarize their findings and then give a justification for why they took the path that they did. Meaning if they were going to charge him criminally, they would have had to have written a summary as to why. If they were going to not charge him, which they did in this case, they had to write a summary as to why. And the summary was this man knowingly and willingly retained classified information, meaning he broke the law. However, we're not going to charge him because a jury would find him to be an elderly man with a very poor memory, meaning he's not fit to stand trial. Biden's lost his marbles. That was the finding. So when they jump in and go, how dare you say he's not fit to stand trial? Do you understand the alternative to that is they put him on trial. He broke the law. So they're giving the guy a free pass, but they're still complaining about it. And I just just so you understand, guys. Okay. When the White House is now trotting out government officials, cabinet members to go, the president's not nuts. Okay, you've lost the country. 86% of the country thinks you're nuts. You don't, there's nothing you can demonstrate that turns that around. It only gets worse from here. So they might not be admitting to themselves in his inner circle that it's over. But I do, I'm telling you because I care about the country, it's over. Okay, when the White House is defending itself, against jokes on The Daily Show. Okay, it's over. Okay, you're the White House. You're supposed to be so far above and beyond reproach. Here is Corrine Jean-Pierre lashing out at The Daily Show. Clip 20. 
Does the White House feel like it made the right decision putting President Biden out on Thursday night uh, to have the press conference that he did? And related to that, yeah. um, do you feel like the White House's response pushing back against the Her report was as quick and as robust as you would have liked it to be? I'm assuming this is responding to John on The Daily Show. Partly, and okay. other okay. as well. Okay. Um, so look, you, I think, and we believe the president went out on Thursday on the day that the report came out. It was important. We believe it was important for the, for the American people to hear directly from this president and to lay out in a very forceful way, uh, what we thought about, uh, about the special counsel report, what he thought about the special counsel report. And not only that, he took your questions. He stood there and took questions from all of you. I think that's important. It's important that he stood there and took your questions. But how did that question taking go? (laughs) Guys, Biden went out to the podium and tried to make the case that he hadn't lost his mind by saying, yeah, I am an elderly man, but I'm on top of this job. I'm the guy who got the situation under control in the Middle East by calling up Sisi, the president of Mexico. (laughs) Guys, the president of Mexico is not involved in the Middle East. The president of Mexico, okay, does not control the gate that allowed humanitarian aid to flow into Gaza. You understand he got it wildly wrong. Okay, that was, by every objective metric, a disaster. It was the end of the Biden presidency. If you didn't hear Dana Perino say it on America's Newsroom, it's worth listening to. She's on the Three Martinis podcast this week. And uh, I'm not just promoting it because she'd have my legs broken if I didn't. Uh, But the point is she makes that same point on the podcast and saying that this is the end of the Biden presidency, whether they know it or not. Okay, 86% of the American people formed an opinion of Joe Biden without the special counsel report. You understand the significance of that? It's not like we all thought the guy was sharp, he was on top of things, and then we read the special counsel report and we were like, wait a minute now. Are you going to tell me the guy who quits talking in the middle of a sentence is a little off? Now, wait a minute. I thought he was sharp, the guy who shook hands with invisible people. Okay, we didn't need a special counsel to tell us this wasn't okay. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Okay, the special counsel came four years after this clip. You know the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, so you understand, okay? The special counsel only agreed with a position the rest of the world had already taken. It's not like this perception is a week old. This perception is four years old, okay? Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the the, the phone. Okay, I'm not breaking ground here. I am am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental, my physical as well as my mental fitness. Guys, that is from, okay, the 2020 election. This is from March of two years ago. Are you ready for it? Of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy. and The guys who are the kleptocracies. (laughs) Just a mess. Okay, I could play you two hours of these. Okay. A year after the Queen of England died, what did he say at his speech? God save the Queen, man. (laughs) 
It's not good, man. And I'm not happy. I'm not saying like, oh, it's great because it's going to happen to me someday. I'm already losing my mind. Okay, but you know, the whole there, but for the grace of God, go I. That's the situation with Joe Biden. Okay, guy's a disaster. And when you're out there defending yourself against the monologue on The Daily Show, you've lost the whole country. Okay, we can pretend that's not the case. They can hope Trump goes to jail so his negatives give Biden a shot. And make no mistake about it, this is a very losable election for the Republicans right now. Okay, yes, Trump is running away with it in the primaries, but the vast majority of the primary voters are the people who think the Super Bowl was fixed. Okay, the general election is a much broader swath of people, uh, and they are not looking at this from a standpoint that primary voters are. I get you might like Trump's policies better. I certainly do. But that doesn't mean it doesn't come without a cost in the general election. Okay, believe me, there's a cost. If you're upside down with female voters by 20 points, and now this time around you show up and you've been civilly convicted of sexually assaulting a woman, it's not going to increase your numbers with women, guys. You could pretend I'm wrong. You could call this a Trump bash. Not a Trump bash. It's just somebody who has the balls to be honest with you. Okay, but that's the reality of right now. Biden has some type of advanced dementia. He's a mess. Okay, when they put him on your TV, he's usually probably being shot up with some type of drug, which is why he gets these spasms of yelling that don't make any actual sense to the people listening. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Good luck translating that one. Okay, but this is the reality. He's in a compromised state, but they don't need him to run for president. They can run for him. It worked in 2020. They're willing to try it again. Okay, but it's going to be really hard to get this thing across the finish line because there's not left. (laughs) There's not much left to get anywhere because the guy is a disaster. I keep forgetting I'm president. Watch Jimmy's new show Saturday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? There it is, Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon. Wally has a plan that just might help the 2024 election. Yo, Wally! Yo, Jimmy, my radio buddy. Yes, um... I think with the, you know, the unprecedented ground of the elderly candidates that we have, the simple answer is not a debate. It's an MMSE test, a a mini mental state examination. It's the best cognitive test to show a cognitive state. Mm -hmm. And Trump and Biden can do it live, side by side, so the American people, especially the voters, have a better have the best information on who they want to vote for, depending on cognitive ability. What, what's honestly, Wally, is it's I know your heart's in the right place on this. They'd never allow that to happen. But I think uh, the longer this election matchup maintains, meaning if Trump and Biden do stay on the ticket, it is going to become a collective source of mockery. And what seems unlikely today could be something that happens by j- July or August. I mean, I wouldn't expect. Go ahead. I've started a petition of compassion because when I look at Joe Biden, he reminds me of the last 10 years of my battle in our in, in our fight with his Alzheimer's. Yeah. And it doesn't get better. 
And unfortunately, with all the power and wealth people around him are obtaining yeah. in his state, yeah. he's not, he doesn't have anybody that has any humanity no. looking out for his his best, you know, his, yeah. in his best interest. And it's hard to believe that the most protected, you know, most powerful and protected man in the world could be subject to elderly abuse. But I believe what that's what we're seeing. Yeah, it's, it's happening. It turns out Jill Biden was not a good doctor after all, like Whoopi Goldberg told us. But uh, spot on analysis, Wally. I will share it with Kennedy. The human highlight reel joins us next when we come back on Fox Across America. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing White Lion. I think they would be called White Privilege Lion in the modern vernacular. Uh, joining us now, closest thing to a music historian as we have on this show or any show, uh, the Pride of the Fleet, the human highlight reel. Uh, you know her as a multimedia superstar, host of the Kennedy Saves the World podcast. The K-Train returns to the show. Hey, girl. Jim, fun fact, there are only five white lions who live in the wild on planet Earth. And, and they... Cat Timph and I saw three of them in that, South Africa. Is that, that true? Is true. Yes. Fun fact, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, I don't know as much about white lions, but the white tigers, they subsist on Vegas magicians. They can't... <laughs> it's a very tricky that diet. David Copperfield better watch the hell out. <laughs> oh, man. Jimmy's telling Siegfried and Roy jokes, and it's probably wah, but I don't soon. care. A little too soon. Yeah, that was like 90 something kennedy's back the crowd goes wild uh we have an additional oh okay just checking uh good to see you by the way i understand you you. just got off the outnumbered couch which is always exciting it's a big deal and uh the world will never be the same Mm -hmm. did you guys by chance discuss what uh, me and you have a no compliments rule but i came in hot in our text messages i complimented you on your daily mail piece thanks jim but it's awkward right now it's weird between us the energy's off because it's not supposed (laughs) to happen like, I, my cousin Cindy, who I love to death, and, I, you know, she's the person who gave me cigarettes and alcohol, that cousin. I love Cindy. But, if, I mean, you, know, you know, we've discussed this before. She might have did it in fifth grade, which is probably a little too soon. But we have a we, – we kiss one holiday a year. I think it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. But then the, the whole night is weird. You know what I mean? Because we're a fist bump crowd. So True. me and you, a compliment is like, I kiss Cindy on Christmas. It's weird. On the mouth. Uh, <laughs> That's his cousin, folks. That's a great one in, uh, in uh, Ferris Bueller's – Lincoln looks an awful lot like Cindy. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So that's how it is in their family. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, I broke the no compliments rule to praise your writing on the Daily Mail. You have diagnosed uh, Jill Biden as the perpetrator of this elder abuse thing that's happening in the White House. Correct. Jill is the problem. Jill is the problem. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like anyone who no longer has the wherewithal to care for themselves, who actually can't be left alone in a kitchen because they might burn it down. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to be the ones to raise their hand and say, you know what, go ahead. Let's find a nice, comfortable retirement community. It is always the caregiver, which is usually the spouse. Mm -hmm. But Dr. Jill has gotten so addicted to the glitz Mm -hmm. and the free dresses. And maybe they're not free. Yeah. They're very expensive dresses. Yeah. Uh, But the spotlight, the state dinners, Mm -hmm. the private jet. I know it's Air Force One. Yeah. But, you know, the the filthy... Dirty people who fly Southwest, they're not on Air Force One. <laughs> She's got a house full of servants. Uh-huh. They cater to her whims. And, and, uh, and there are many. Yeah. She she played second fiddle to Michelle Obama for eight friggin' years. Yep. Michelle Obama 
hated the place, could yeah. not wait to leave the White House mm-hmm. so she could go make millions writing books and selling non-existent shows on Netflix, Yes, which is fine. And that's <laughs> what racket. you do post-presidency. Yeah. Jill Biden could not wait to live in the White House, and now she does not want to leave. Mm-hmm. She really will prop her husband up like Weekend at Bernie's. She, there will be an actual marionette. She will have her hand up the presidential keister, if necessary, in order to continue to animate her husband so she gets to stay first lady. She's going to do, she's stealing Jeff Dunham's act. Mm-hmm. Biden's going to be the puppet Walter. Absolutely right. <laughs> so we're at a presidential press conference. The first lady's on a stool for some reason. We don't know why. <laughs> but we've got a question for the president. He shouldn't be president anymore. It's cruel to him. He it is. can't do the job. He mm-hmm. can't remember any thing it's you know now it's just gotten kind of mean yeah that we are watching we're gaff watching his yeah. press conferences just hoping that he mm-hmm. talks about some dead person he spoke with last week <laughs> well that's my other argument though i'm giving him credit on that because he's probably closer to them than we are what if he's telling the truth yeah what if he, he really did t- he might have seen Mitterrand. yeah he's a better or chance of seeing yeah that, and and Angela merkel's like helmet cole you son of a <laughs> I can't get through to this guy. Helmut <laughs> Cole talks to him every day. But that's the problem. Kennedy's in studio. That's not the problem. The problem is, I was trying to say, Biden, is the White House yesterday is pushing back against jokes made by Jon Stewart. Okay, if that's where you find yourself as an administration, it's over. Because you've lost the room. Amen. 86%. The NBC polling found that 86% have concerns about his age. Yes. There's no dressing that up. No, they think he didn't. And they asked them straightforwardly, is he too old to yeah. fill a second term? And 86% said yes. Uh-huh. That's up from 74% in September. 74% was a high number. Yeah. That was just a few months ago. And now we're at 86%. I don't know how they define critical mass. Yeah. But that seems to be it. And I realize it's difficult to completely shove Kamala Harris out of the way. Yeah. But they've got, someone's got to do it. Because here's the problem. Dr. Jill has to lead the cause. But she won't do it. Nope. It is a dirtbag move from her. When you think about it in those terms, if people haven't read the op-ed, it's on the dailymail.com right now. Uh, Kennedy wrote it. It's fascinating, but it's true because uh, I love there's so many good photos of her with like Lady Gaga and stuff. Oh, yeah. When you realize that, you know, for the better part of her existence, she's been married into some type of political role, but not on this level. You could see where somebody actually gets addicted to that. Well, everyone else was benefiting when Joe was vice president. Yeah. You know, his his brother, his sister, his son, God knows how many other family members. And, you know, if, if she wasn't participating firsthand mm-hmm. in Do the you, graft, yeah. then, you know, it's like now is her time because she can enjoy everything above board. Yeah. She didn't have to steal anything. Yeah, she she didn't have to make up <laughs> fake titles. Wait, wait, this stuff can come to my bank account? Yeah. Not 96 shell companies and then I got to get it from my grandkid? This is great. Uh, that's a funny point because something I noticed, this goes back really just a brief sidebar to Dr. Fauci. I had opined, and we probably had this discussion at one point, that Fauci got addicted to hair and makeup, Mm -hmm. meaning he had been in his position since 1984. Think about that. Fauci had that job before Van Halen recorded Jump, but he wasn't a public figure until 2020. And I bet you there was a part of him because he became a little bit of a fame whore that was doing every hit he could. Yeah. And I bet there was a part of him that got addicted to hair and makeup. Do you think on that level, is that what we're equivocating Jill to? She got addicted to hair and makeup. Yeah, but she gets to live yeah, in yeah, hair and it, makeup. Yeah, yeah. She gets ha- people it's not just her. Yeah. No, and, and this is not just a, a one-off. And she's never challenged. At yeah. least Fauci has to go to the Senate and get grilled by, Rand Paul. by Rand Paul. <laughs> yeah, she didn't have to do any of that. Like, first ladies are beloved. Yes. 
you know, that, even in the worst of the worst of them, Hillary Clinton yeah. still got to be secretary of state, still got to be a senator, never got to be president. <laughs> <laughs> never, ever, ever. Despite all of her efforts, she even courted the black vote by saying she had hot sauce in her purse. Hot sauce. Really? Yes. <laughs> Do you remember hot that? Hot sauce. I've got hot sauce. The best part of that interview. Uh she was talking about uh, south of the border, hey, unfortunately. <laughs> she, she needed to go see a special you, clinic for your, that. Your friend Charlemagne, my acquaintance from afar, uh, followed up in that clip by famously saying, you know, a lot of people are just going to say you're pandering to black people with that hot sauce. And she goes, how's it working? Ha, ha, ha. Ah. What an awful human being. She's this horrible. is not okay. She's the worst. <laughs> she really is. Kennedy's her in studio. so grating. Do you know what the, and by the way. I described her as an emetic shrew. In the article. Emetic is something that makes you vomit. Yeah, that's, she's a lot to deal with. <laughs> it's well-earned. And here's the issue. If you've noticed, she's definitely doing a lot more press. Mm-hmm. Kamala's doing a lot more press. They're clearly trying to try to sell her between now and anyone. June. Literally and anyone. Literally anyone. Hillary's like, well, I'll do it. Of course. I know. Because yeah! everybody wants to position themselves as the reluctant hero. Like Gavin Newsom wants to be the reluctant. I said I didn't want to run, but when your country calls well, collect. You're twisting my arm. Yep, you got to get in there. But I have a theory. I think Newsom would be hard for Trump to beat. As much as I we, Yeah, as much as we bag on California, he's 30 years no, younger. Everyone loves the central casting yeah. politician. Uh-huh. And he's run the state into the ground. He's horrible. If but he that were doesn't a fat, mean he ugly person. Yeah. Yeah, everyone would have left California, and he never would have gotten a second term. Yep. He never would have survived the recall. But he's this, you know, handsome, slick. Yep. He's got chiclet teeth. And this is where the Republicans are kind of making the wrong bed right now. Obviously, they're right to focus on Biden's condition. But if you make age the central focus of this debate and Biden comes off the ticket, suddenly you have the old guy. Yes. And all of you these have the arguments. the old crazy guy who thinks that yeah. Nikki Haley was the one who didn't call the Capitol Police yeah. on January 6th. <laughs> it's like they both screw up. They both say really, really stupid things. No one talks about it. And that's where they're exposed in a way a lot of primary voters don't understand is that if we go for six months on the Republican side and the Republicans are like, ah, too old, you can't be 80 and be president. And then all of a sudden some gorgeous 51-year-old walks out yeah. and we're like, about that 80-year-old thing. Yeah. They're going to lose the election. They're going to lose the election. No one wants to have the conversation. We do. That's why you're here. Kennedy's in studio. We're having a grown-up talk about 2024. But my favorite thing about them trying to make the sale on Biden are the people who are being like, the Joe Biden I know. He's sharp as a tack. He's assertive. He's how come we've never seen it? It's yeah, like what does yeah. he have stage fright? <laughs> That's my favorite thing that was like Does he get the yips? The show when, when he sees No no. We have a sharp president. He just doesn't live around here. You know, it's like the whole hot girlfriend thing. Is he like <laughs> Kevin Spacey in that movie where he pretended to be special? <laughs> And then all of a sudden he's walking all good. <laughs> Whoa, Kaiser Sose. Exactly you, right. Yeah. So that's the problem is like there are people who are Baghdad bobbing this press. They're Baghdad Bidens. They're going on TV. And I mean, like, you know. Pierre is the worst of them. I, she should and be she fired. was like, well, Rick Scott the other day yeah. said uh, debt instead of deficit. It's like, well, oh. that's not the same thing as claiming you talk to a <laughs> French president who's been dead for 25 years. <laughs> that's actually different. Now, I will grant you, Rick Scott misspoke, but the people he was speaking to were not invisible. <laughs> they were real. <laughs> we could see them. 
No one was pointing. And I think that's the bigger problem here is if it's at 86 percent now, as you said, the number goes higher. The Republicans are in a precarious position. But regardless of how it plays out, I think we have diagnosed the problem. It's what you wrote in the Daily Mail. Jill Biden is the worst. Everyone should read Kennedy's column. And she's the only one who can tell him no. I know. Everyone else is expendable. Merrick Garland, who used to be his shield, uh-huh. dead to me. That's, yeah. you know, that's yeah. what all the Bidenites are saying, like, oh, how could he betray the president? Isn't it amazing how transactionally stupid politics have become? Disgusting. It's the worst. They're back to now because of this Robert Herr finding. They hate Comey again. Now, do you remember the way that went down? Okay, they hated Comey in the run-up to the 2016 election because he reopened the investigation. One of the favorite things I've ever seen in terms of late-night comedy in a train wreck was when Trump fired Comey, if you remember. Stephen Colbert told his audience, we've got some breaking news. Donald Trump has fired Comey. They gave it a standing ovation. And they're like, no, 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 this is bad now. No, no, this no, is bad. No, wrong reaction. We're pivoting. We've now decided the guy who was bad an hour ago, he was good. He's the best. Trump's the He's worst for this. He's save us from Trump. Even though he, he gave us Trump, now he'll save us from Trump. No, no, we had to have him, but now he's gone. That's how transactionally yeah. stupid it was. And they did that, at, if you remember this, at the end of the Mueller report. Barr was a hero because Barr found with conservatives that this thing was kind of ginned up. But then when Barr wouldn't side with Trump post-election. We're like, worst guy who ever lived. Mm -hmm. And the Democrats did the same thing, though. They were like, well, Trump would go to jail for obstruction of justice were it not for Barr in the Mueller probe. But then when the election was over and Mueller didn't do that, excuse me, Barr didn't do the Trump thing, the Democrats were like, guy's not bad. Yeah, exactly. No one's listening to themselves. Everyone is really stupid. But here's the last thing I wanted to throw at you, because I do agree it would be Jill Biden's call to make. The problem is she probably, this is just a guess, But she'd probably be denying herself a second term, not just as first lady. I bet you she has more say than we realize. Do you think like she has an actual policy impact or no? I don't know if it's policy as much as control. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know that she indulges these political whims, Uh but she does like being the one who has the final say about him. Yeah. And for her, he is about much more than specific policies. Yeah. He, he is about the seat of power and the access. Yeah, that's fascinating stuff. But yes, I'm, I'm sure like she absolutely gets him to come down wherever she wants. And don't take the analysis lightly of Biden getting cut off because my guest gets cut off at the bar quite right. a bit. I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight. <laughs> like I'm actually taking... Um, a beautiful patent leather handbag because I know my vomit won't seep through it in the Uber <laughs> on the way home. That's a big night for our tour, our tour manager. Oh, our tour manager's going to get it, and uh, I know he's uh, going to give it to oh, him. Oh, our tour manager. Man, oh boy, oh man. is he? He's fought quite a ground war uh, oh, yeah. in the past year. I have heard some sounds coming out of a La Quinta door before. But, I mean, listen, if you were out, I mean, man, if you saw us, we were in Kentucky last year. I made the mistake <laughs> of having an adjoining room with you. And I'm just sitting here, li- and all of a sudden, I, I'm like, I hey, know. Hold on a second here. He thought that a coyote was caught in a bear trap. <laughs> Who's in room two thirteen? <laughs> and sure enough, yeah, they weren't running the Kentucky Derby, but there were some thoroughbreds on the track. Is all I'll say. <laughs> there it is. Okay, train. Happy Valentine's Day. You too, Jim, and and to your sweet Jenny. Ah, uh, Jenny. So Jenny and I. This is a weird one. We'll probably have like a nice, like a low key dinner or something like that with the link man. We're like, we do like almost, it's not an anti Valentine's Day where we're like mad about it, mm-hmm. but we don't, we're actually like, we don't even buy gifts or anything. It's weird. Oh. Then, no, we don't, we, we celebrate in a lot of different ways in this world. No, you're the kind of people you buy each other stuff throughout the year when you see something. Yeah, that's what it you is. You know the other person it's, would love or can't live without. Yeah, well, that's what it is. We'll get like a smoker. Like yeah. that's what, yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, that's much sexier. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, when I've, you've been married for a while. It no, really is. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, they don't appreciate me. It's like, no, you know what I really want. It's a, these are quality of life gifts. I don't want a closet gifts. full of crap. Yeah, they're quality of and life gifts. no one has any room in your house with all of your blazers. That's a- <laughs> That's true. I should have thought of that before I bought her this new Dyson for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Come on, Jenny. The place ain't going to vacuum itself with love. I- well, you would buy her a cement truck if that, you really I know. cared. If we're, if we're being honest, yeah, I'd get her a, a backhoe, you know, to go with the front hoe on my right. Good night, everybody. Oh, I love you. ladies and gentlemen. Go read her column. We're back after this. The show that solves problems the old-fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I don't have anything to, to share at this time. As you, as you know, the president um, um, takes questions from you all uh, often. Uh, I don't have a, anything on the public schedule uh, to speak to. Uh, as you know, the president's going to be uh, in, uh, in Ohio on Friday. Just don't have anything to share. You gotta do better than that. So Biden told us yesterday that he was scheduled to take questions. He said tomorrow or the next day, meaning today or tomorrow. That's KJP. Flat out telling us we got nothing on the schedule. Okay, I'm telling you because I care. I don't. I'm not happy that this man finds himself in the position that he's in, but they can't put him out there to face live ammo. So how do you lead the country through a time of crisis unless someone else is in charge? Biden is such a disaster. Okay, the guy again. I'll play you his statement just so we're on the same page. Said, I'm coming out. I won't take questions because I'm speaking tomorrow. This is clip 12. Before we begin, I'm going to make this statement. Let it stand on its own. I'm not going to take any questions, but I'll be taking questions tomorrow and the next day. But I don't want anything to get in the way of the statement. To be very blunt about it. Not that you wouldn't just focus on the statement. (laughs) Not that you wouldn't just focus on the statement. Yeah, I know. As everyone's sitting there going, are you nuts? The press is asking Biden some very hard questions lately. Like, what is your name? <laughs> what is your what is your spouse's name? Uh, and he's, you know, they're asking all types of questions. Where do you live? Oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah, it's crazy. So when Corrine Jean-Pierre tells you that, you know, oh, we don't have anything on the schedule. That means they flat out yesterday, that was a confidence scheme. They were trying to get through a news cycle and mitigate the damage done from the last time he took questions by convincing you they were so confident in his ability to take questions that he would do it again the next day, yet they just flat out admitted there's nothing on the schedule. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are back in action for a big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be joined by Jimmy Comer, James Comer, superstar representative from the 1st Congressional District of Kentucky, the man leading the investigation into the Bidens. We got testimony yesterday out of Hunter Biden's business partner, Tony Bobolinsky. 
that said Biden was the brand they were selling influence in. So we'll talk about that direct testimony, which happened under oath. We will continue to keep you apprised on a presumably a national security threat. This is a report. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but they are monitoring, according to the woo, National Security Threat Intelligence Committee Chairman, Mike Turner, the National Security Threat Intel Community Chairman, Committee Chairman, Mike Turner, is asking the Biden administration to declassify information that deals with a concerning Russian capability. So they want classified info released to the public because they say there is a Concerning Russian issue, it is not immediate in nature, but it's out there. And I think this is also just a way to justify sending more money uh, over to the fight in Ukraine. This is politics as usual. Like, I'm not alarmed. I'm not panicking. They're saying the threat is grave. However, the threat is not immediate in nature. So it's just to me, seems like a roundabout way to justify sending $95 billion to Ukraine when we weren't getting a penny for our own border. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. I mean, man. Okay, but understand if the White House won't release the classified information, we can probably get it the old fashioned way and just go to Biden's garage and find it on the ground. Tell it like it is. So silly. It's a dumb time to be alive. Made dumber by the fact that everybody yelling at you about election interference and democracy is on the ballot in 2024. Okay, all of the people who are yelling at you about that stuff are the ones who interfered in our elections. So understand, in the run-up to the 2020 election, you probably know this story, but weeks before the election, a laptop surfaced belonging to Hunter Biden. We know this because the FBI had already authenticated it. But at the time of the election, okay, 51 former Intel community members wrote a letter saying, saying that the laptop was Russian disinformation. That is a fact check false. Now, what's crazy is they knew that at the time they wrote the op-ed. So by definition, they were interfering in the election. They were misleading the public on an issue that was potentially damaging to one candidate, and they knowingly did so in hopes that it would make it harder for his opponent to win. The Hunter Biden laptop. I'm not telling you Biden's going to jail because it seems to have been done with a lot of plausible deniability in mind. It seems to have been funneled through multiple shell accounts that wound up in the family uh, bank accounts of the Bidens. Okay, but lo and behold, was only possible because of Joe Biden's involvement with the business. Now, understand, we were told at the time you cannot talk about this. It's not real. This would be undermining the integrity of our election, so shut your mouth. Can't tweet about it. Can't share it on Facebook. You can't do it. And every newspaper wrote an op-ed explaining why they were right to censor your speech, why they were right to put their thumb on the scale in the public square. And then what happened the minute the election was over? The New York Times, the Washington Post... Both admitted the laptop was real. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Now, but to take it a step further, understand this, okay? We're now at a place where not one, Tony Bobulinski, not two, Devin Archer. Okay, are you following a pattern here? Not three, IRS whistleblower. Okay, four, counting the second IRS whistleblower, Gary Shapley, okay, have come forward 
and testified under oath facing a threat of perjury that the laptop was real and Joe Biden was involved. Are you the big man, Joe? They've all said yes. So I just want to start the conversation there as a guy who prides himself on having an honest conversation. I'm not, I'm not doing a conservative talk show. I'm doing an American talk show. I want people to make up their own minds. I don't want to be in charge of our democracy. I'm a stand-up comedian. I host a comedy show on TV on Saturday nights at 10 p.m. Okay, I entered a profession where we get paid in drink tickets and chicken fingers the first five years. I don't want to be in charge of anything. Okay, but understand if we're going to have honest conversations and just share our views back and forth, we should be doing so based on the full scope of the subject matter. As it pertains to the Hunter Biden laptop, it is real. However, we were told in the run up to the election, you can't talk about it because it's not real. Here's the sitting president of the United States, Donald Trump, on 60 Minutes, getting interrupted by Leslie Stahl for bringing up the laptop. Clip 30. And he's in the midst of a scandal. He's not. And he's taking... He's of course not. he is, no. Leslie. Come on. Of course he is. It's the biggest... Second biggest scandal. So, the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign, there's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes... And we can't put on things we can't no, verify. you won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on you. things we can't verify. <laughs> Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been totally that. verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. That was embarrassing. Okay, if you read the Durham probe, you know Trump was telling the truth when he said they spied on his campaign. Okay, understand when she interrupts him over the Hunter Biden thing. That's not a scandal. That's not real. There's no evidence of that. You know, once you get past four of his business partners and 157 suspicious activity reports filed by the Obama administration's Treasury Department, you're right, Leslie, there is no evidence. You are so full of sh- But you understand, that was election interference. That was the President of the United States... Being told on TV he's lying, this is 60 minutes, we can only air factual stuff. Okay, so in the moment, she's allowed to lie. So is that standard real when it comes to only airing factual stuff? She's lying on the air. But do you get what an exercise in projection that is? But this is where we find ourselves now. It started out with Biden had never talked to his son about his business deals. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business deals. Oh, I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business deals. We now know, according to testimony under oath, that he not only spoke to his son, but he called into business meetings on more than 20 occasions. So the idea, okay, of just that evolution, it started with there's no business. It's a fake laptop Go back to bed. That is a lie. Of course it was, because now we know it's real. Then it became, I've never spoke to my son about his business. That is a lie. Saw the emails, saw the pictures, saw the dinner at Cafe Milano. Okay. Then it became, I never spoke to his business partners. That is a lie. Do you know how they solve murders, you guys, just so you understand? They don't show up to someone's house and go, did you kill her? And he goes, yeah. And they go, good, you're coming with me. Now, the way they solve a murder is by questioning a potential subject who is linked through some type of corroborating evidence to the crime itself 
and then determining that this person is not being honest with them. So it starts off with like, where were you on Tuesday the 9th? I was at the gym. That is a lie. And the two prosecutors look at each other, the two investigators go, that's weird. We have evidence that he wasn't at the gym, that he was at work. What were you doing at work? I was, I was making pancakes. That is a lie. And they look and they go, wow, this guy wasn't this guy wasn't making pancakes. What is he lying to us about? This is really weird. You understand? And they're like, all right, so after the pancakes, what did you do? Well, I, I had to drive by the school, drop off a package for my kid. That is a lie. At which point they look at each other and they're like, wow, this guy killed her. And then from there, they go piece together the evidence that would explain why he had something to hide and how he went about attempting to hide it. That's how they stop murders. I'm not telling you Joe Biden murdered anybody. But what I'm telling you is if you lie about the first four things, there's no way in hell you're telling the truth about the fifth. I'm telling you that boy's a genius. You don't have to be a genius. You just have to be and somewhat self-aware. Biden lied about the existence of the laptop, said it was fake. This is not a real thing. <laughs> Lie number one. I didn't talk to my son's business partners. <laughs> Two. I didn't talk to my son about his business. <laughs> Are you noticing a pattern here? So if you've lied about everything and then the question becomes, did you make money off the deal? And he goes, hell no. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> lying about everything. Okay. And you weren't allowed to talk about it in the run up to an election. That is by definition election interference. And the people that keep lecturing you about undermining faith in our democracy, undermining faith in our elected leadership. Those are the ones who did it for three years on a Mueller probe, on a Mueller probe, on a Russian collusion story that they made up themselves. Okay, here's Adam Schiff. Now, understand the way the Mueller probe went down. Okay, the Mueller probe was an episode where the process was the punishment. They knew Trump didn't collude with Russia. How could I say that? That's so audacious. Come on, Jimmy. Well, as the Durham probe definitively showed, as we also found in the summation of the Mueller probe, the entire narrative was made up by the Clinton campaign. They gave a document to the FBI claiming they were doing so as concerned citizens. Hey, we're just concerned. I know we're running against this Trump fella, but politics aside, we're just concerned that he might be getting help from Vladimir Putin in the Kremlin. We heard he was talking to some alpha bank. If you could just accept this document and look into it on behalf of the American people, we'd appreciate it. And then they walked out the door. And what did they do? Called up reporters and went, we just found out the FBI is looking into a probe involving Donald Trump and the Russians. That's what they did. And then that's how the whole thing started. And then the mainstream media got on TV. Rachel Maddow told you every night Trump was hanging out with Putin. He put Russian dressing on his salad today. Clearly, he's controlled by the Kremlin. You know, of all the James Bond movies out there, we once heard that he rented from Russia with love. What's wrong with the other James Bond movies, huh? Oh, they're not from Russia? Is that Oh, is that what it is? It's a lot of Rocky movies. They're up to six. Why did he watch Rocky Four? The one where he fights the Russia. You know what I'm saying, guys? That's what they did. And it was made up out of completely thin air. Yet Adam Schiff and members of our intel community, guys like John Brennan, guys like James Clapper, got on TV night after night after night. And we're like, we got the goods. The walls are closing in. So much collude. You can't even see. It's like part of the weather forecast now. It's cloudy with a high chance of collusion. You're not going to be able to walk down the street. Remember those Canadian wildfires that kind of clouded up the sidewalks in New York? It's bad. It's the collusions everywhere. And they did it every night knowing they were full of it.
Yet they turn around with a straight face now and they discredited real reporting when it came to the Biden crime enterprise. Here's Adam Schiff. Don't ever forget this. Telling anyone who would listen, he's seen evidence of collusion. Evidence. Not rumors. Not suspicion, as Stevie Wonder once sang. Okay. Collusion. I have seen evidence. Here it is, clip 29. The campaign accepted help, which we know they did. Uh, the Russians then delivered help, which we know they did. There is circumstantial evidence of collusion. The case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now. So, You've said on more than one occasion that you've seen ample evidence of the Trump campaign's Russia collusion. Last March, you said you had more than circumstantial evidence of treasonous collusion with Russia. I certainly certainly said that there's ample evidence of collusion. Can you agree that there has been no evidence of collusion coordination or conspiracy that has been presented thus far between the Trump campaign and Russia? Uh, no, I don't agree with that at all. I think there's plenty of evidence of collusion or conspiracy. But we do know this. The Russians offered help. The campaign accepted help. The Russians gave help. And the president made full use of that help. And that is pretty damning. He should be behind bars. He should be in jail. Okay, because every single thing he said, understand this, he was the head of the House Intel Committee. He had the highest security clearance in, in America and went out and knowingly lied to the public for three straight years. There, It is more than circumstantial. I just can't talk to you about it. But when the Mueller probe came out and we asked for collusion, any evidence, any proof, any corroborating? Nothing. Nothing. Do you understand? He didn't have rooms that words that rhymed with collusion. <laughs> Protrusion. Nothing. OK. Delusion, maybe. But the point is, they were completely full of. <laughs> yet they did this to the public. And now on the back end, when facts came calling regarding the Hunter Biden laptop, we were told what? No, that's Russian disinformation. Now, grant you. These people are pretty good at Russian disinformation and lying about Russia. But the bottom line is, however this shakes out, I'm not telling you Biden's going to jail. I'm sure they ran out the statute of limitations on a lot of these crimes. But the idea, okay, that they didn't mislead us, like that ship has left town. They interfered in the election. And the only reason we need to have this discussion is there's another election coming up. And if we've learned anything from the Mueller probe or the Hunter Biden burial, it's that these people will do anything and mislead us in any way possible if it's their means of getting power. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the f- is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Talk about a stampede of stupidity. Here is uh, Representative Barbara Lee in the great state of California. And James Comer's around the corner. And we're going to have a grown-up talk about the Bidens and the testimony yesterday from Hunter's business partner. Uh, but if we're going to talk about burning money. <laughs> wow. Here's Representative Barbara Lee from California talking about a $50 minimum wage. This is clip 31. $127,000 for a family of four is just barely enough to get by. And so just do the math. Just do the math. Of course we have national uh, 
minimum wages that we need to raise to a living wage. You're talking about $20, $25, fine. But I have got to be focused on what California needs. Are you stupid or something? Uh, the answer is yes, she's stupid or something. A $50 minimum wage, do you know what it would do to small businesses? It would put every single one of them out of business. You are correct, sir. It would take prices to the moon. Why? Because they have to pass along the cost to consumers. Okay, again, I want people to get by in this country. I was someone who drove a cab for most of my adult life. We were making no money. Okay, and we had to get resourceful. My wife made cloth diapers. We didn't buy diapers. We made them. Think about that. That's what I come from. Okay, and it was probably the best thing for me to struggle and learn how to practically run a house and think in proactive ways that made me more responsible with my money than I was in my 20s. Oh, my God, in my 20s? My hobbies are fast cars and fast women. Oh, man, and they were both fast. (laughs) A lot of fast cars, good amount of fast women. Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. But the point is, okay, there's a difference between empathy and stupidity. And a $50 minimum wage, as much as as nice as that would have been for me to have as a cab driver, okay, a $50 minimum wage would have forbade most of my customers from taking a cab anywhere because they'd be so broke from their own lines of work and the purchases they needed to make. If you think the core price index is high now, imagine if the manufacturers needed to pass an additional $40 an hour on to the consumer through increased employee wages. It'd be one of the dumbest things you've ever heard of in your life. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. So stupid. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest, superstar representative from the great state of Kentucky, he is, of course, the House Oversight and Reform Committee Chairman, Representative James Comer, back on the show. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? I, you get a pretty fiery intro on this show. Have you noticed? Uh, yeah, I like that. I appreciate it. I wish – hey, maybe you can work for, like, CNN or something someday, and uh, <laughs> I can get that kind of introduction. They actually – they don't even say your name. They just go, boo. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> You're definitely the visiting team there. I've noticed. I watch those interviews. But I give you credit for going out there and and getting into the fray because all we're trying to do on the right is have the conversation. They don't Uh, usually want to have it, no? No, and they're not fair and balanced, and they don't want it. They don't want to talk about anything that in their mind – it's beneficial to Donald Trump. They hate Donald Trump. Uh, whatever the issue is, if it benefits Donald Trump in any way, shape, or form in their eyes, then it's it's a bad deal. It is fascinating to watch, though, because we're literally sitting here now with a special counsel telling us Biden has dementia and business partners testifying that they were definitely running an influence peddling scheme, yet they still hate Donald Trump. So my question is, did somebody on CNN just really want to be on Celebrity Apprentice back in the day and they didn't get cast? I don't know what it is, but there's an obsession there. And and it's more than CNN. It's MSNBC, it's CBS, NBC, ABC. I mean, their, their hatred of of Trump bleeds over into every facet of their reporting. They'll report on a bipartisan issue or on a on an issue that uh that maybe leans Republican 
as long as it doesn't, in their mind, benefit Donald Trump. And they've got in their mind this Biden investigation is is either going to, A, help Donald Trump regain the presidency, or or B, it's it's to avenge Donald Trump for the two impeachments they, they did against Donald Trump. I mean, whatever the reason, the more evidence we provide before, like yesterday during the during the mm-hmm. transcribed interview with Bobolinsky, I mean, we were one hour into a seven-hour hearing. CNN's already posted a story saying no evidence. He didn't say anything. He's an incredible <laughs> witness. And you know, if you've kept up with all the people that we brought in, you know, there are there are a lot of credibility issues with these people that we're having to interview in the Biden mm-hmm. orbit. But those were the Biden's partners. That's a reflection <laughs> on Biden. It's not a reflection on me. Uh, Tony Bobolinsky is the one credible guy in this whole uh, story here mm-hmm. that, that we've interviewed. And ironically, the media, he's the only one they said lacked credibility. That's <laughs> so fascinating. We're talking to Representative James Coleman from the great state of Kentucky. And to be clear, what he credibly testified to was the fact that he believes Biden was the brand being sold by the family. Now, I, I, the reason I say that is because if you were to really rewind the tape on this back to 2020, we were told there was no business to sell at all. Biden never talked to the kids, certainly didn't talk to the business partners. It would seem that the business partners are telling a different story. They are telling a different story. And uh, Bob Alinsky is now the second former Hunter Biden and Jim Biden partner that said under oath, when we asked what were the Bidens doing to receive all this money, uh, he is the second person to testify that they were selling the brand, and the brand was Joe Biden. In other words, they were selling access to Joe Biden. This has established a pattern in an investigation when you have more than one witness, more than one unrelated witness that says the exact same thing, then you have established a pattern. And that's what we did yesterday with the fact that Joe Biden knew full well what his family was doing, who his family was meeting with, who was paying his family. He was an integral part of that. He met with all these people he claimed he never met with, and he knew what he was doing. Tony Bobolinsky even said at the end of the seventh hour of his interview that – in, in, I guess the second time he talked to Joe Biden, he said, I, I, I want to thank you for what you're doing with my son and brother. Well, he was in business with his son and brother. So, you know, he knew exactly what his, what his family was doing. It is really fascinating, man, because everybody yelling at us about, you know, election integrity, democracies on the ballot. They were the ones, for all intents and purposes, that interfered in 2020 because in denying the public the right to have this conversation, it's basically like the refs committed pass interference themselves. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the the hypocrisy from the left knows no bounds. No, it's fascinating. Um, Where do we go from here? Um, You know, there was that big circus act involving Hunter and the committee. Mm-hmm. Um, is Hunter Biden, is Jim Biden, what comes next for them? They're coming in what I 
asked them to do uh, and, and what I subpoenaed them to do. They're going to come in and sit down and answer questions for, for seven or eight hours like Tony Bobolinsky did. Uh, that's what investigations do. They yeah. they bring people in for depositions. And uh, we're doing a transcribed interview with Jim Biden in a week. And then at the, the, the February 28th, we're doing a full-blown deposition with, with Hunter Biden. Then after that, we'll have a public hearing. So you know, this is what I demanded that they fought forever, and you know, in the end, can't outrun what we wanted. Can't outrun the long arm of the law. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, and you know, here's the way this this ends, Jimmy. There's a lot of confusion about this. My my job's to investigate, mm-hmm. and what I want to do with this investigation is two things. Number one, provide the truth to the American people about exactly what the Biden family was doing, what role Joe played, and how much money they made off these schemes. And secondly, it's to hold people accountable. And if that's impeachment, that's great. You know, last night, that election, that didn't help <laughs> any towards uh, any future impeachments. If anybody yeah. watched uh, the Mayorkas one, you yeah. know, it passed by one vote after the second attempt. And now the Democrats have a new member up there. So that would have been a tie vote. If that impeachment vote happened next week when this new New Yorker, Sweezy, gets sworn in, then it wouldn't have happened. It would have been a tie vote. So, you know, the and, and then, you know, once it's, once Mayorkas now is impeached, it goes to the Senate, they're not even going to take it up. I want to hold people accountable, and I don't just want to hold the Bidens accountable. I want to hold all the deep state actors that were involved in the cover-ups accountable. So what we're going to do when we wrap up this investigation, Jim Jordan and I, we're going to have criminal referrals. So if Merrick Garland does his job, they'll be held accountable. I wouldn't hold my breath on that. If the next president, however, comes in and has an attorney general that's credible and aggressive, they're not going to have to investigate anything because we've done the investigation. The criminal referrals are there. They can hold them accountable for wrongdoing. And it's not just the Bidens. And we know the crimes the Bidens have committed. Money laundering, tax evasion, tax fraud, securities fraud, violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act. And then then the president, I believe, has committed uh, the violation of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. But also we want to hold accountable the, the the people in the FBI and the DOJ and and the 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 IRS that told investigators to stand down when they were the ones that were investigating the Biden. So you know this is a this is a plan that I think has has been done right. The the uh, investigation's been done by the book, and we're going to be able to again present the American people with the truth and put the next president in a position to hold these people accountable. That would be ideal. Uh, last thing I I will leave you with then because. It sounds like you got a lot of work to do between now and then. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned this obsession with Donald Trump. Uh, do you think the media sends each other Valentines today that have Trump on the candy hearts? I mean, there there's an obsession there. They have a problem. They need therapy. The, the <laughs> mainstream media needs therapy because they are deranged by it's, Donald Trump. Donald Trump's the first thing they think about when they wake up and the last thing they think about when they go to bed. <laughs> but you know what the weirdest part about it is, and I'll leave you on that, is living here in New York, these were people that were friends with him at one point, and oh, they yeah. knew him and liked him. So it shows you how transactional this really is. There's another person that that you could say the same thing about, and that's Elon Musk. The liberals loved Elon Musk because he was sustainable and all this. Now they found out he's a conservative. 
Oh, yeah. And doing conservative things, they hate him. That's I mean, my... Elon Musk is probably the second most hated person by the mainstream media. That though. is hilarious you say that because I always laugh that everyone who hates Elon Musk the most is driving a Tesla. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Uh, great stuff. I really appreciate a minute of your time, Representative Comer. Thank you, Jimmy. My man. There he goes. Representative James Comer from the great state of Kentucky, who still has to interview Jim Biden and Hunter Biden about what went on with this overseas business peddling operation. And listen, man, bottom line, bottom line, doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. Okay, we're all lied to. Like, I didn't get lied to as a conservative. I got lied to as an American. You got lied to as an American. The reason you support things like this is because we got to get to a place in this country where you are actually holding people in power accountable. That's the media's job. Their job is to hold people in power accountable. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Is it ever? Because they don't want to ask these tough questions because they are afraid it would hurt Biden and potentially help Trump. But if you're the media, okay, their job is no different than my job. You know how, like, when I'm doing a comedy show on Saturday night, okay, my show should be funny to liberals. It should be. Okay, I'm not, as a comedian, supposed to be beholden to a party. I'm supposed to be beholden to whatever's funny. You're beholden to the joke. When you're in the media, it's the same thing, although they're supposed to be beholden to accountability, to the truth. Okay, we're supposed to be held accountable to the laugh on Fox News Saturday night. If you're a journalist, you're supposed to be held accountable to the truth. And every single journalist knowingly peddled a lie involving Donald Trump and Russia, just the same that they knowingly peddled a lie in regards to Hunter Biden's laptop being Russian disinformation. But that activism that masquerades as journalism is still going on. As Comer said yesterday, they're an hour into a seven hour testimony. And CNN's already running a Chiron. Nothing to see here. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. They don't know what's going on in the hearing. They don't know that they've come up empty. And lo and behold, they didn't come up empty. The guy specifically testified, I want to be crystal clear from my direct personal experience and what I have subsequently come to learn it is clear to me that Joe Biden was the brand being sold by the Biden family. And CNN got on TV and said, nah, the guy gave him nothing. CNN is the worst. But you understand, OK, as Americans, we're being denied an honest assessment of what's going on at the tippy top of our government. And that's why you hear people tweet like, oh, the mainstream media is the enemy of the people. OK, maybe they're not the enemy of the people. But they do a hell of a whole lot of acting like they are. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth. Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth. On Fox Across America. Also, the top of the first. Pitchers and catchers reporting spring training around the country. Nobody more excited than Perk, who joins us now from Maryland. Perk! Hey, Jimmy, my man. Yes, sir. Pitchers and catchers reporting, and I'm telling you, it's going to be an awesome baseball year. I mean, I'm talking about the entire MLB is going to be competitive. Otani out there in the Dodgers. The Braves are going to have a tough time. Making it through the playoffs. 
You but, want to, uh, want... And the Yankees improving with Soto. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just going to be an awesome year. You know who's really excited? Lincoln. Lincoln Fela, uh, age 15, pretty pumped up about uh, all the new transactions, the new roster, some of which you just cited. And uh, I can't wait, uh, obviously, just even just on a selfish level for warm weather, because I was in L.A. for about a half hour last week. And uh, uh-huh. I am very optimistic that we're going to have a wildly entertaining baseball season, as I'm sure you are as well. Uh, my question for you is, knowing what a catastrophic flameout your Braves had last year after a pretty stellar regular hey, hey, season, hey, hey. what do you got? <laughs> dude, 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 but listen to me. Two things happen when teams do what they did, okay? And you know I love you, Perk. When you're the best team on earth and you flame out in the playoffs, it's usually the beginning of the end somehow or – they come back this year with maybe lower expectations and win the whole thing. Where are you at emotionally on this? What's your honest assessment? Uh, usually I cry myself to sleep if we have to play the Phillies in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, because they've beaten us twice yep. uh, these past two years. But I'm honestly, uh, Acuna is coming back. We say, he's saying, I'm MVP, but I can do better. Ooh, um, I like that and talk. we've got a solid pitching staff. And um, I mean, it's. I'm excited about it, honestly. I think we're going to uh, break through that uh, playoff drought. Well, if if my Yankees can get Giancarlo Stanton to hit 115 this year, we'll have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, bar, the bar is low. If he can only go to the DL four times this year and hit above 115, I think we got a shot at this thing. Uh, you're, you're looking good. That's well, true. But I tell you what, I'm, t- I'm calling it right here. Braves and Yankees in the World Series, Ooh. and of course the Braves will win in six. Yeah, just the way they did in '99 and '96, right? Ah, oh, Perk. Yes, we, exactly. We you. love you. We love you. Ah, uh, listen, if, if you make if you make it up this way during the season, I, I'd love to go to a game with you, so you don't get stuck with Mikey this time around. <laughs> and Mikey and I had a great time. I was told as, I was told as much by the authorities. Great call, Perk. Happy baseball season, and to everybody else who celebrates, who observes. I know today is the beginning of Lent. You don't technically wish somebody a happy West, uh, you know, Ash Wednesday, but certainly sending good vibes towards all those who observe, uh, as I was raised Catholic myself. Uh, But it also does mark the beginning of pitchers and catchers for a lot of teams. Baseball season's a big deal, man. Certainly in the Fala house. I grew up in a big Yankee house. And they were terrible in my youth in the 80s. We had Don Mattingly. And Yankee Stadium was like a lawless region. Like you could rent a cop's gun for one inning. Yankee Stadium, like 1985. No question. Like, just make sure you have it back by the seventh inning. Don't make me come looking for you. It was a different world. And then, of course, they got hot in the Derek Jeter years. And uh, won a bunch of titles under Joe Torre, 96, 98, 99, 2000. And, of course, we had that 2001 World Series that ended in disaster, Game 7, probably the best World Series ever played. That was the George W. Bush World Series post-9-11. Then in 2003, we were down in the Marlins when David Wells bragged about being fat and out of shape, and then because he was fat and out of shape, (laughs) wound up having to come out of a game uh, in the World Series in the third inning, decimating our bullpen. We never turned it around. Juan Pierre. And the hotshot Florida Marlins uh, stole the bases and stole America's hearts and beat us in the World Series. Uh, then, of course, you know, we had the 04 catastrophe against the Red Sox. We didn't make it back to the World Series till 2009. Incredibly, we won one because uh, A-Rod had the right COVID vaccines that year, if you're picking up what I'm putting down in the syringe. And uh, it's been a long time coming for my Yankees since then. Some playoff flameouts. 
Uh, we've been a bridemaid a couple of times, but we have not been a bride. Here's to hoping we turn it around this year. But whoever you're rooting for, you know, 162-game baseball season is like one of the best things about living in this country because you get the day-to-day momentum of, you know, a score to react to, a game to look forward to, some type of a stat line that catches your eye. Love baseball. It's one of the greatest things in the world. And uh, we need common culture more than ever in this country because you essentially have a few sporting events and me. Other than that, there's not a lot of things people agree on. And believe me, when it comes to me, the only thing they agree on is that I'm very intellectually flawed. That's true. That is true. But at least I'm giving us common culture with my stupidity one episode at a time. Show is over. Pay up. Get out. We're back here to do it again tomorrow. Uh, Buy your copy of Cancel Culture Dictionary at foxnewsbooks.com. Pay up and leave. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.